Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11. Now throughout these services, uh, of course, we'll receive our normal offering on Wednesday night, but uh, we uh, generally in six days of faith throughout the services, we don't receive an offering. If you want to sow a seed, you certainly can, but we want to get right into this because we're, we're going down this road of revelation, and we're continuing with this, uh, I, I've just called it faith basics, uh, but we're, we're talking about the dimension of faith and how to obtain from that dimension. Uh, you know, I was saved 46, almost 47 years ago, and uh, I've been uh, in the full-time, full-time pastoring for 24 years now this year. I've been preaching for almost 40 years, and uh, the, the, the thing that I find over and over and over again is ever what the subject is, is that, that not only is there more to see, there's more to walk out. And so uh, here in Hebrews chapter 11, we see something, and we, we started here last night. <clears throat> Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, And you can put the word yet there. You don't see them yet. Hallelujah. The the enemy is a temporal devil. And here's what I mean by that. He operates solely in the temporal arena. What can be seen, felt, touched, experienced by, by the five physical senses. That's why faith is such a mystery to him. That's why he fights to keep you in the sense realm. Because if he keeps you in the sense realm, he keeps you out of the faith dimension. And so he said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word faith there, we discussed it last night. It's a word that simply means the conviction of the truth of anything or being convinced that something's true. All right, to have faith in something, I have to be convinced that it's true. There has to be a conviction there. Uh, When you were born again, you became convinced that you needed a Savior. You became convinced that God could save you, all right? And what happened? Faith came in your heart, and you were born again. Uh, Hallelujah. So it is the substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. Now, we're going to focus a lot on this expectation. Hope is expectation, but it's the substance. That word substance is a word that describes a, uh, a substructure, all right? Uh, it, it, it's best described if you, if you look and you see a metal building, well, that metal building's not just standing there. There's a substructure underneath it. Faith is the substructure. Faith is the undergirding. Faith is the bridge that gets you from the dimension you're in into the faith dimension. All right, and he said faith is the substance, and notice, of things hoped for. Well, hope is a picture, all right? Hope is expectation. It's best defined as expectancy, 
All right, faith is the substance of my expectancy, my picture that I have, all right? And when I get this picture, ever what it may be, ever what you're believing God for, ever what the situation is, when I get the picture, hope starts being developed because I'm seeing something I didn't see before. And faith gives substance. Faith is that undergirding. Faith is that standing under. All right? Hope without faith has no stability because it can be moved by what you see, what you feel, what you experience. But when you put faith there, faith makes it stable. Faith makes it solid. Faith makes it durable. All right? People will say, well, I just lost hope. Faith is the anchor of your hope, all right? And he said, it's the substance of things not seen. They exist, they're just not seen. But they exist. Because faith is not the substance of nothing. It's the substance of something. And for it to be the substance of things, those things must exist but they exist in that dimension of faith. Hallelujah. It's the evidence. That word is proof. Faith is the proof. Conviction is the proof of things not seen. Proof of what? That they exist. That they're there. Oh, hallelujah. Now, we talk some. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. We talked some about how do we get these things out of that dimension? Well, we're going to look here. Verse 5 of Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus was come entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him, saying, My servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now hold on right there for just one minute. Now, now, right there, I mean, I mean, we sing songs about that. The word is enough. You know, there's nothing I need to see to believe what you said to me. The word's enough. And it is. It is. But I want you to see something. The centurion didn't stop there. The, the next verse starts with the word for. Speak the word only. Now, now, don't over, don't just go over that. Speak, speak, speak. I need you to speak. Jesus, I just need you to say something. Because I'm a man under authority. Right? And I say, see, I need you to speak because I know what happens when I say. I say to this man, what do I say? Go. 
And what does the man do that I said go? He goes. And I say to another, I say to another, come. And what does he do? He comes. Why did he come? Because I made him? No, because I, I, I said it. I told him. I say to another, do this, and he does it. Notice something. He expects what he says to occur. He has a picture of that man going, of that man coming, of that man doing what he told him to do. And he's telling Jesus, if you just say something, if you just speak the word, here's my picture, Jesus, my servant will be healed. Because I know that authority is carried in words. Hallelujah. I know that authority is carried in words. Hallelujah. The Phillips translation says about this man when he tells him to go, I know he'll go. Concerning the other man, it says, I know he'll come. And the third man, and he'll always do it. I tell him to go, and I know he'll go. Now, now don't miss the verbiage. I know. I'm not trying this speaking thing. I know if I tell it to go, it's going. I know he'll go. Faith operates not on generalities, but on specifics. Faith doesn't operate on I guess or I hope. Faith operates on I know. I tell him to go, I know he'll go. Now see, it may seem elementary or redundant. Why does he know he'll go? Because I told him. Is that right? Scripture. What's the scripture say in the book of James? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? You put your dukes up? How do you resist him? You tell him what to do. And what the Bible say he would do? Flee from you. I tell him to go, and he goes. Remember Sunday morning? You got to have faith in what you say. Jesus did not say in Mark 11, if you have faith in what I say. He said, you got to believe in your heart and not doubt that what you say will come to pass. So if you tell it to go, I know it'll go. Is that right? If you tell it to come, right? Let's, let's take a minute, all y'all that are believing for this, and rejoice for your debt freedom. Oh, hallelujah. Remember what you said last night? Why? Why are you going to be debt free? Because money's coming. Money's coming to you right now. Right? You wrote down the exact amount and you told that money to come to you. Is it coming? It's coming. Why? Because you told it to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, Do you see this? I know he'll go. When Brother Hagin was praying one time in a service, praying for people that were that were uh, not well, a man came up, had tuberculosis of the spine, and, and couldn't bend over, was in a bad way. 
And Brother Hagin prayed for him, and the Lord had told him in 1952 in Rockwall, Texas, in that tent meeting, when he, he lit, uh, brought him up to heaven, he said, from now on, what's going to operate in your ministry is what's called in my word, discerning of spirits. And he said, when you pray for people that have a sickness, he said, you'll, you'll put a hand on either side of them. And he said, if that fire jumps between your hands, it's, it's a, 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 an infirmity that's caused by a spirit. And he said, you got to deal with that differently than you just deal with a regular sickness or disease. And so he, he did that to that man. And, 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 and the fire jumped, and so he backed up, and he said, uh, in the name of Jesus, you got to leave this man. And then he said, now, brother, try, uh, bend over and see if you can touch your toes. And the man couldn't bend over. So Brother Hagin did the same thing again. man still couldn't bend over. Three times he prayed for him, said, now, brother, see if you can. And he couldn't. So he went on to the next person, began to pray for them. And he said, I turned around, and Jesus was standing there on the platform. And he said, Jesus looked at me and said, I told you that if you told the devil to leave, he'd leave. And he said, I said, Lord, I did, and he didn't go. And Jesus said, I told you that if you told him to leave, he'd leave. He said, Lord, I did, but he didn't go. And he said, the third time, Jesus, he said, the fire flashed in his eyes. And he said, but I said, I said. If you told it to go, it would go. And he said, boy, I got it. I got it right then. He said, I, where I missed it was I told that demon to go, that spirit to go, and then I told that man, now try to bend over. That's where he got the revelation. If is the badge of doubt. And he said that brother came back up there, and he said he laid hands on either side and said, now out you go in the name of Jesus. And he said, now, brother, bend over and touch your toes. He said that man bent over and touched his toes, did all kind of gymnastics, totally set free. Why? Because Jesus said, you tell it to go, and it's going to go. Who tells it to go? And what does it do? Amen. Because you believe what you're saying. You believe what God said, and you believe what you're saying. We don't lie. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't short-circuit the truth. We don't say what we don't mean. If I tell you something, I mean what I'm saying. If you tell me something, you mean what you're saying. And your spirit knows you mean what you're saying. And your mind knows you mean what you're saying. And when you say, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed, you, you know your mind knows, your spirit knows that you don't lie, that you don't shade the truth. And healing comes to you because you told it to. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I know he'll go. I know he'll come. And he'll always do it. Say it out loud. When I tell it to go, it goes. When I tell it to come, it comes. It always does it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good? See, this is what he expected. If I tell him to go, he's going. I can't tell you the times I've heard people over the years say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, but there's no but. If you told it to go, it's got to go. Yeah. 
Right now it's going. I don't know if I don't remember if I told you this story, but one time, one night I was I was praying at the house, uh, our our place here in Kansas, and uh, I was praying, and uh, I felt a, a presence in the room, and uh, I I just turned over and looked looked over uh, my shoulder, and there was a demon spirit there. And I said, Lord, what is this? Why is he here? And the Lord said, that's, that's the spirit that would like to stop some of the things I want to do. And I've had people say, what would you do? I, now, this is me. You do it however you want. I said, hey, bud, you got to go. He looked at me with a real sad expression. And I said, in the name of Jesus, out you go. And he left. I told him to go. Had to go. Are you following me? When, When you understand this, all that spiritual warfare junk, all those mental gymnastics that people go through, rebuking, binding, Show me one scripture where the Bible says to bind the devil. He's already defeated. You don't have to bind a defeated person. They're already defeated. I mean, I'm just trying. I bind you, Satan. You tell Satan to go. You know, what are you going to do if you tie him up? Pinch him? Amen. This is what he expected. What do you expect? Faith is the substance of what you're expecting. Isn't that right? You expect good days. Right? You expect long life. Oh, hallelujah. You expect a good marriage. Right? You expect it to be simple and easy. That's how it's going to be. Why? Because I said so. Because I said so. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's going to go my way because I said so. Look here at Matthew 21. Am I helping you? You you just got to stay on these roads of revelation. If if you minister to to people, you just got to stay on the road of revelation because it keeps opening up. You, you, you preach down it as far as you can, maybe in one service, but you keep chewing on it, and it just keeps opening up. Matthew 21, notice in verse 19. Now, this is the same account in Mark 11, Matthew's version. And when he, Jesus, saw a fig tree, one fig tree in the way, He came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said to it, said to it. This is an example. I had one lady one time that wanted to meet with me. And when I I met with her in the office, it was this scripture. She she was crying. And I said, well, you know what, what's going on? I just don't know why Jesus cursed that poor little tree. It's an example. He's showing us what happens when you say something. 
You know, when we say, we've missed something, because we're people of confession, and we should be people of confession, but our confession begins to be something that we do by rote and not with authority. And somehow we think, like like the self-help folks that got it from us, we think if we say it enough, we'll have what we say. The problem with that is in Mark 11, 23 and 24, I don't see Jesus saying that I got to say it enough. He said, if I would say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and I wouldn't doubt in my heart, but believe that what I say would come to pass, I'd have whatever I say. You should confess the word over your life. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. You can, you, can, you can confess 150 different things every day over your life, and if you don't believe what you're saying, you're not going to get anything. Amen. i got to believe what I'm saying. Hallelujah. I know a minister that's an acquaintance of mine, and his wife uh, uh, contracted last year, contracted COVID, or actually it would have been the, the first part of this year. And uh, uh, there were some underlying things, and she died. And, and he was on TV, and he was saying, every day I went up there, and I, I quoted 101 healing scriptures over her. And, and, you know, we don't understand all these things. And I was sitting in my study at home in my office. I've got a big screen there in my office, and I was sitting behind my desk. And, and I said, Lord, why do people say that? Because that becomes the catchphrase. Well, we were quoting the word, so we don't know why. We'll just have to wait to get to heaven. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's off there. We can't preach out of one side of our mouth that the word always works. Right. I got a book back there called Every Day's a Faith Day, and I got a chapter in there called God's Faith Don't Fail. But people say, we don't understand, you know, why this, we'll just have to wait till we get to heaven. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. I want to have it now. You can quote 101 healing scriptures every day, and if you don't have faith in what you're saying, nothing's going to change. Hallelujah. See, that's how you got to get it out of the faith dimension. It's the substance of things not seen. Jesus comes to this tree, and it's barren, and he said something. He didn't pray about it. He didn't speak in tongues. Lord, reveal to me why this tree is barren. He saw it, notice, and he said... And he said something specific. Let no fruit grow on you henceforth forever. Now, remember Mark, Matthew chapter 8? I say go, and he goes. What did Jesus tell this tree to do? Die. Now watch, 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 watch. When the disciples saw it, and notice the last part of that verse, and presently the fig tree withered away. Now, now think about this. Why did it wither away? Because he said so. 
He told it to wither away. Is this a Jesus trick? Is this something Jesus did but I can't do? Is this an example to me how my faith operates? Right? So if something's not bearing fruit in your life, if something's a problem in your life, you may need to quit praying about it and start saying something to it. Right? When, when Brother Hagin wrote the book, Believer's Authority, uh, he had read, it back then it wasn't even in book form, he had read a series of pamphlets by John McMillan on the Believer's Authority. And it started him down that road of revelation. And he came under so much fire for that book because he made a statement in that book. We, we are not told one time in the New Testament that God or Jesus will do anything about the devil. See, wrong doctrine, unsound doctrine, gets people in a place where they don't know how to deal with the enemy. There are people, and you might believe this, and, and, and if you do, I'm very, uh, not apologetically, but very sincerely and very honestly and sweetly, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You're very wrong. There are people that believe there's a courtroom in heaven and that there's arguments going on and the devil's arguing his case. That, that nothing could be further from the truth. The heavenly utensils of worship, according to Hebrews, were, were cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Revelation tells us that the devil has been cast down into the earth. He has no access to heaven. The, the devil is time-bound just like you are. And he is bound in an earth that you have the authority over. Amen. We'll preach and say, God, Jesus came and gave us back everything Adam lost. What did he give to Adam? Dominion over the fowls of the air, the, the, the animals on the earth, the fish of the sea, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Well, the devil's a creep. If, if he's in the earth, do we have authority over him? Yes. Right? Huh. So important. That's so important. He said to it, and presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled. How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said, truly I say, if now watch, he's about to tell us, what will happen? He's about to tell us how he did this. Look at you, you can number it. Verily I say unto you, number one, if you have faith. We established last night that you have faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And whose faith did he measure? Did he deal you? Whose? Where'd your faith come from? Right? Faith comes by and hearing by the so your faith came from God's word. Mark, Mark 11, 22 says your faith is God's faith. God dealt you his faith. Is that right? So number one, if you have faith. Okay, do you have faith? I, that, that was kind of weak. Do you have faith? Yes. All right, so if I have faith, check that off. Okay, I've got faith. And do not doubt, that's my choice. 
Is that right? It's my choice. There are people, I don't believe anything they say. I doubt everything they say. They could be, right? You, you know people like that? But then there are people, if they come and tell me something, just, just mark it down. If they tell you it's 730, don't bother checking your watch. Just If, it, if it, yours says 725, just move it to 730 because it's 730. Right? Don't doubt. Doubt's a choice. So number one, if you have faith. Number two, do not doubt. Right? You shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but if you shall, number three, say, I've got to have faith, refuse to doubt, and be willing to say. It's the God kind of faith. Amen. Amen. You know, do, do you see this? When, when, something, when something comes out of your mouth, and it comes out of your mouth with a force, there's faith behind it. There's words you say and declarations you decree. But Jesus said, notice, notice, if you say to this mountain, be removed. Now look, notice, specifics. You tell it what to do. Why is it that Christians are content with the devil fighting them? Pastor, I need you to pray. The devil's fighting me. What, what am I to pray about? That you'll get a revelation of your authority and stop him? Don't pray the devil's fighting me. It's not my business. He's not fighting me. He's fighting you. Lost my crowd. Right? What, what am I to pray about? What are you to pray about? Sister, I want you to agree with me. What are we agreeing about? Well, the devil's fighting me. What, what are we to agree about? He said, you resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. He didn't say pray. He didn't say go get your pastor to agree with you that the devil wouldn't fight with you. Can't agree with you about that anyway. That's never going to stop happening. As long as you're in this earth, the devil's going to try to stop what God wants to do in your life. But he can't because you have the authorization to tell him to go. And what will happen when you tell him to go? He will go. <laughs> Glory to God. Do you see that? Tell the mountain to be removed and be cast into the sea. It shall be done. Now notice that. When who says it? When you tell it to go, what's it do? You tell it to be removed, what happens? I got to believe what I say. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said it. Jesus expected it. And Jesus received it. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, notice John 11. 
There's so much here. Hallelujah. John chapter 11 and verse 4, they had came to Jesus and said that Lazarus was sick. And verse 4, when Jesus heard that, now notice we're emphasizing these for a reason. He said, he said. Now notice, the, the Holy Spirit's highlighting something for us. Jesus said something. And notice what he didn't say. Oh, boys, it'll be all right. Everything's good. I'm going. We're okay. I mean, I'm, I'm Jesus. No, nope. he said. Notice what he said, something specific. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. Now, the King James kind of muddies the water a little bit. Let's, let's look at it in the Amplified Bible. I'll, I'll, I'll read a couple other translations to you as well. But I want, I want you to see this. When Jesus received the message, notice, here it is again. He said, now wait a minute. He's setting the course. He said, this sickness is not to end in death. Did Jesus say that the result would not be death? That's what he said. On the contrary, it's to honor God and to promote his glory that the Son of God may be glorified by it or through it. But notice, one translation, the Weymouth says, this illness is not to end in death. Another one says, the, the Knox translation says, the end of this sickness is not death. What's he saying? What's he, what is he expecting? He's saying what he's expecting. Words are the release valve for your faith. It's evidence of what you're expecting. Hallelujah. Look at verse 11. These things said he, and after that he said, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I might awake him. He said, I'm going to go wake him up. He said it before he did it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go wake him up. Why? He had already said it's not going to end in death. How's it going to end the way you say it? The way you say? Well, God's got his purposes. Mm, no, no, that's a cop-out. That's a lazy Christian's way of not fighting. If God had a purpose in sickness, somewhere it would be in the Gospels. How's it going to end? How's it going to end? How's it going to end? How I say. Right? Remember I told you last night they had all those people lined up at the courthouse in Nashville, Tennessee, Franklin County? 
had all those people lined up, and they all had something to say about my wife, how she didn't need to get her kids back, and they had all these people lined up. But she had already declared, no weapon formed against me will prosper, and every tongue that will rise against me in judgment, I will condemn it. And she walked in there, and you know I told you the story last night. The, 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 the prosecution said, we've got all these people ready to testify. And the judge said, okay, hang on. And he, and he went over here, and he asked, has she done this and that, and, and met all the requirements? And they said, yes. And he said, I don't need to hear from you. Give her her children back. Amen. Huh, how, how did that go? Like she said, was there a weapon formed? Yes, but the weapon formed can't overcome what you say. Because the weapon is not an authority. You're an authority. And what you say overcomes the weapon. Oh, hallelujah. I say, oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but this is a tough deal, Pastor. Uh, I, I know, isn't it? Isn't that a shame that that tough deal can overcome what Jesus said could not be overcome? Your faith, we said it last night. Your faith is the victory that causes you to come off victorious over the world. Is that right? Look at Romans 4. Glory. We're getting these things out of the faith realm. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you what, after this week, you're going to go bear hunting with a switch. Glory to God. And you know, you know I'm, I'm seeing it. I, I see it ever so more clear than ever before about what we're saying. What we're saying. What we're saying. Amen. Ever, ever, what, ever what anybody, and I say this a lot, ever what anybody thinks of the scope of my ministry, our ministry, I have been 24, in 24 years, I've never called my ministry small. In 24 years, that has never come out of my mouth, and it will never come out of my mouth. Never. A small ministry can't have the reach our ministry has. If you don't think this ministry you're a part of has reach, you're not looking very hard. Hallelujah. Never, never, not small, never, never. It's never come out of my mouth and never will come out of my mouth. Why? I'll have what I say. I won't have what you say. I'll have what I say. Amen. Amen. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, written in Genesis 17, 5, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, God said that before it happened. He had promised on two other occasions, Genesis uh, 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 14, Genesis 15, he had promised on two other occasions, he told Abraham, or Abram at the time, I want to give you a son. He came in Genesis 17, and Abram said, what could you possibly give me, seeing I'm still childless? Now look what Abraham was saying. I'm childless. What are you going to have? 
What was Abraham having? What he said. And God said, okay, okay, wait a minute. We got, we got to change this. He said, I, I'm going to call you Abraham because a father of many nations have I made you. The God kind of faith is a faith that believes it has what it says. Oh, hallelujah. Notice, before him whom he believed, God, who quickens the dead. There's two things he tells us God does. He quickens, he gives life to the dead, and God calls those things which be not. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the substance of things that exist. They just cannot be seen in this realm. Things that be not, they are not in the sense that they don't exist. They are not in the natural realm. Amen. I was, I was talking about Sister Bonnie Groninger that got the report that she's cancer-free. Well, we've been standing. We've been standing for what? Three years standing with her. Amen. Every time I would talk to her, Bonnie, what's going on? I'm healed, Pastor. I'm healed and well in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, but it took a long time. Who cares? It happened. Well, you care. You're alive. You got what you said. Amen. Cause those things that be not as though they were. One of the main principles of obtaining out of the faith dimension is you got to learn to call things. Now remember Genesis chapter 2, and the Lord God brought the animals to the man, to Ish, to Adam, to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called them, was the name. It's going to be what you call it. It's going to be what you call it. Right? A horse is called a horse because Adam called it a horse. Right? And ever how many years ago that was, ever how many thousands of years ago that was, he called it a horse and it's still a horse. Because he called it. Amen. Amen. And you can't call it one way today and call it another way tomorrow. What you called it, Charles Capp said, what you say, let it stay said. If you called yourself healed, then you're healed. If you called yourself blessed, you're blessed. If you named your family saved, then your family saved. And then you don't talk, you don't talk like there's something you didn't call them. Amen. I've had people come and ask me to pray. Pastor, pray. My child will be saved. Okay, let's agree. All right, we agree in the name of Jesus. They're saved. And two weeks later, ah, my child's living like the devil. You just canceled out what you called them. I thought they were saved. Amen. 
to meetings like this that we, that we can talk like this. I can't pastor like this all the time. But this is a faith primer. You can't agree about something and then call it something else. Hallelujah. He calls those things which be not as though they were. One translation says, calls into existence the things that do not exist. Another translation says, he speaks of future events with as much certainty as if they were already past. You're speaking with as much certainty as if it's already occurred. How are you doing, brother? Healed. Oh, did the doctor say you were healed? Well, no. Well, I thought you were healed. I am. Because I said it. As much certainty. This is not arrogance. I, I get fed up to hear with people that think they know so much about faith, and they, they don't have a lick of faith. Their faith isn't getting them nothing. They haven't advanced in the last 10 years. They just have this smug arrogance about them. Yeah, yeah, well, I know what he's saying. You don't know nothing. If you knew something, the fruit would be on the tree. The evidence, the evidence would be in their life. Excuse me, the Dr. Dufresne anointing came out on me. Anointing, that's what doctor would say. It's the anointing. You understand? It's so important. It'll be how you call it. Look, look at 1 Corinthians 1. I'm, I'm hustling. I don't know why I got four more nights. It's just like Thanksgiving. You know you need to stop eating. But there's more turkey. If you eat turkey, there's more turkey. There's more stuffing. That's why they call it stuffing. Unless you're from the south and it's dressing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 1, 28. It's talking about the things that God uses. And notice it says, And the base things of the world and things which are despised as God chosen and things which are not to bring to naught things which are. God uses the things that are not in the natural. They exist in the faith dimension. And he uses those things to bring to naught. I like that word because it means to render entirely useless or of no effect or inoperative. So it's a replacing. He, he brings what is not seen into the scene and it makes what you're seeing inoperative. Do you see that? But you got to call it. Because God uses things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. But I got to call it. When you called for the finances last night, you brought to nothing your debt. Right? And so when you look at your debt, 
you don't look at it as something that has to be paid. You look at it as something that's paid. Amen. When we tallied up our debt all those years ago, $210,000 worth of debt, and we begin to call it paid in full, Pastor Michelle got that stamp out and stamped that list paid in full. We never talked about being in debt again. We talked about being debt free. Amen. We'd ask each other, how's it feel to be out of debt? Feels free, feels good. Amen. And, and you know, you know the day that the day that we paid the last debt off, were we rejoicing? Yes, but I'd already been there. In both locations, when we occupy the place that God's got for us to occupy, it's not going to surprise me. I'm going to be thankful, but I've already been there. Already been there in my spirit. Already been there in my faith. I already see it. So when we paid off the last debt, we rejoiced. We glorified God. But we were were debt-free all those months ago. We did not become debt-free when we paid off the last debt. We became debt-free when we said we were debt-free. Why? I tell one to go and... Is that right? Did you tell the money to come? So what, what, what's it doing? What's it doing? What's it doing? When? It's on the way. Remember the scripture that says, do not cast, cast not away therefore your confidence that has great recompense of reward. That word recompense, the, the phrase there is mitsa, M-I-T-H-S-A, mitsa, pedosia. It's where we get our word podiatrist, and in the Greek it means this, that money is on feet and it's running towards you. So when you tell money to come, what's it do? It gets up on its feet and runs towards you. Uh (sighs) See, these are things that that, that I used to teach years ago, and honestly, some of it I quit teaching it because people started exploiting it and doing silly things with it. What's money made of? What's that? Where's paper come from? Have you ever thought that the Bible says you can eat of all the trees? Is a tree, is, are trees in the earth? Are they part of the earth? So do you have authority over them? Did Jesus speak to a tree and tell the tree to die? And did it die? Is, is, is money any less any less wood or part of a tree? No. When you tell it to come, it's coming. Amen. Because you have authority over it. God said all the silver and all the gold are mine. And then he said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I've given it to the children of men. The earth in what? All of its fullness. Hallelujah. When, when Jesus told Peter to go and catch the first fish, the first fish you catch, he said there'll be money in its mouth. Go pay our taxes. Jesus, listen, Jesus wasn't having Peter go fish because he was broke. 
right? Jesus had that tax money right there in his jeans. You understand what I mean? He had it. Jesus was well off. But he, he was showing something. He was showing Peter, I, you, can, you will have what you say. He said, you go catch that fish, and there'll be money in its mouth. Now, wasn't Jesus true? Money's coming to you. Mm-hmm. Look, 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 look at Romans 4.18. Big checks. We got a big in the other day. Amen. Amen. My wife, who's watching tonight, hi, honey, love you. Her and Lily and probably the dog. Dog thinks I'm a good preacher. She better. Much as she cost. (laughs) Glory to God. I was carrying one of my, my good shirts the other day, and she was chasing me in the morning and jumped up and grabbed that shirt. And uh, I started to tell her, you know, that shirt costs more than you. And I thought, this is an expensive shirt that costs more than her. So what's that got to do with your message? Nothing. <laughs> Just hi, honey. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Uh, she, she, she talked to me the other day. And they, they went to the mail, and uh, there's a big check in the mail. And she said, I can tell you've been calling. I said, yes, sir, I've been calling. She said, because we got a big one. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So say that out loud. Say, I expect big checks. I expect big checks. Big checks. Big Amen. Checks. Big checks. Romans 4.18. I'm hurrying. This is talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. He saw what couldn't be seen. He saw it. Somewhere he saw it. Against hope, natural human hope. There's two words there for hope. Against hope, he believed in hope. Two two different meanings. The first word, hope, means a a constant, consistent expectation of bad or loss. The second word, hope, means a constant, consistent expectation of good. Against a constant, consistent expectation of bad, he believed in the constant, consistent expectation of good. He believed in the picture God gave him. Against hope, he believed in hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to wrap it up. Glory to God. Chapter 4, verse 17. For a light affliction. Now notice he's telling us what we ought to say. I remember all those years ago, probably 23 years ago, I heard Scott Webb preach on this. And, and he, was, he gave the directives here, what the Scripture's saying. This is how I'm to view things. This is what I'm supposed to see. But people are running around talking about how they're under a heavy load. They're under such pressure. Oh, I'm just, there's such stress. I'm under such pressure. He said, our light affliction. 
riches, but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While, now notice, there's a colon there. So he's saying, this works while we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Against hope, he believed in hope. God uses the things that are not seen to bring to nothing the things that are seen. We don't look at what is seen, but what is not seen. Well, how do I see what is not seen? Everything in the faith dimension that you can't see with your natural eyes is seen through the Word of God. Everything I see in the Word is what's in the dimension of faith. I can see it in the Word. We look at, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen. Now remember, he's telling us what to say. They are temporal. Temporary. Subject to change. Right? Hallelujah. When uh, Jerry Savelle left Brother Copeland's ministry, and uh, uh, went out on his own. He found an office building that that he it, actually great favor came and 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 he was able to get into it for nearly nothing. But then he outgrew it, and so he had to get another one. And he just got the revelation of these verses. This would have been in like 1974, 1975. And and uh, he went in, and the guy said, "Well, he said I got a guy in there right now, and he said he wants to sign another lease." So. No, you, you know, I can't see you getting that. And Brother Jerry said, well, that's subject to change. Amen. And the guy said, excuse me? He said, that's, that's, that's temporary. That's subject to change. And the guy said, well, I, I don't understand that. And he said, well, I know, but he said, I took out my testament and showed him. He said, see this verse? See, it's subject to change. And the guy said, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but this guy is never going to leave. I mean, you know, he said, okay, well, that's subject to change. He said, when he changes his mind, call me. Here's my card. He said, well, I'll take your card, but it's not going to happen. And a few weeks later, a couple months later, he called the guy, and he said, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see if, if that place was uh, for Alicia. And he goes, look, I already told you. He said, that guy's never going to. He said, okay, I understand, but that's subject to change. And when he changes his mind, you call me. Amen. A few months later, the guy called him. He said, you're never going to believe it. He said, oh, yes, I will. <laughs> and he, this guy brought him down to his office, called all of his employees in, and said, to, tell them what you've been telling me. Because the guy that had that lease that never wanted to leave just up one day and came in and said, I need to move. I need to get out of my lease. And you know, we hear stories like that. And you know, if I'm telling a story, we kind of can jump to the end. Don't miss the meat. He had to keep saying something. He had to keep saying, that's subject to change. That's subject to change. That's temporal at best. 
right? Now, now let me finish with this. Where does this start? Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. We have the same spirit of faith that the psalmist had in Psalm 116, verse 10, where he said the same words, I have believed, and therefore have I spoken. So as we wrap this up, what I'm saying is evidence of what I believe. And if I'm saying, it's evidence I believe. If I'm not saying, it's evidence I don't believe. You can't believe by thinking. What are you doing? Believing. Right? If I if I if I am believing, I'm saying something. That's the release valve. This is what I believe. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart, so I confess with my mouth I'm debt-free. I believe in my heart, so I confess with my mouth I'm healed. I believe in my heart, so I confess with my mouth my family's saved. Because I believe it in my heart. Amen? And when when somebody doesn't understand it, you say, look, this I believe. My children are saved in Jesus' name. My body is healed in Jesus' name. This I believe, and I'm saying it. And and here's the the issue. I got got to wrap this up. And here's the issue. Your mind will stop fighting you after a while because every part of you will begin to believe what you say. When When you say something the first time, your mind goes, that, my God, really? But then after a while, your spirit's gaining the ascendancy. The more you say and the more you call, the stronger it gets. Amen. You, 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 got, you got to tell your mind what the Word says. Is that right? Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Glory to God. Amen. Let's, let's say some things tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say this out loud. Say, this is what I believe. This is what I, believe. I have what God says I have. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I am financially prosperous. Physically well. Mentally alert. I have a healthy family. I have a healthy marriage. I'm out of debt. My needs are met. I've got plenty more to put in store. I am on God's track for my life. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. 
in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. goodness, it's good to be where the spirit of faith is. Amen. Well, don't forget, of course, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night at 7, Thursday at 7, Friday at 7. Amen. We All week long, we're just going to be building faith. Pastor Michelle will be here towards the end of the week. I've got to leave after Thursday, so she'll be uh, handling Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So uh, no telling what y'all get into with her. So praise the Lord. Amen. But I, I, I say this all the time. You know, I, I fam, they're, they're families. You come, you bring your kids. We sure appreciate that. And, you know, when you make that decision and you make that extra effort and you come and you got you to bring your children, you know, God will honor you for that. God will honor your family for that. And you're telling those little kids something. You're saying, look, the things of God are important to us. And we honor God as a family. And, you know, we don't do this all year you know, uh, a week in church. But uh, when we do, we're honoring God.